Why, to the North Pole, of course. This is the Polar Express. I've wanted to do that my whole life. The first guest of Christmas! Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to 12 Days Pod. I'm Kara Zelaya, and I'm joined here with my co-host, boyfriend, partner, and the person who brews the morning pot of coffee, Dan Takaki. I'm up at 9 a.m. most days. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Ready to brew that coffee. Uh, This is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. So Merry Christmas. You're in the middle of it now. Merry Christmas. We love Christmas, and what you're here for is us having a good time talking about Christmas movies. So let's kick it off. Daniel, what movie are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the 2006 film by Robert Zemeckis, The Polar Express. The Polar Express. Starring sure, sure, Tom sure. Hanks and a bunch of children. Yeah, that's correct. That is that is what this film was made by. It was made by and for children. Yes. Um, as you'll probably guess from the animation that you watched during the movie, it's haunting. Why don't you tell us what the movie is about for people at home who haven't seen it. This movie is based off of the book The Polar Express by Chris Van Allsburg. Both the movie and the book follow the story of a young boy who is picked up by a train, The Polar Express, on Christmas Eve because he is losing his belief in Santa Claus. And so he rides on this train all up through Michigan to the North Pole wherein... Meets an assortment of characters. He meets an assortment of characters, a a ragtag group of people. Terrifying. Including him, the boy. There is a girl. There is an annoying boy. (laughs) And there is a small boy living in poverty who has never been visited by Santa Claus, which we will get to also because I have some thoughts about why this boy has never been visited by Santa Claus. (laughs) It follows his journey through, like, on this train to the North Pole. He meets a cast and crew mostly played by Tom Hanks. Yeah, I think that it's important in talking about the plot of this. We cannot emphasize enough that Tom Hanks is the majority of the cast. He just voices different characters in this movie, but they all sound like Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's it's they're all definitely Tom Hanks. And so there's a parts of it that are like, is this the same character? Are these all spirits? Because Tom Hanks also voices Santa Claus. And so it's hard to tell whether they're kind of ethereal spirits of Santa Claus because you know, they're never all on the same scene. Yeah, no, we got it. The scream at the scene at the same time. I will also say, is this some kind of biblical thing or it's the father, the son and the Holy Ghost, except it's Santa Claus, except it's Tom. You know what I mean? This movie is right on the fringe of being religious, but it is strictly santa and christmas yes and the spirit of christmas and the spirit of christmas anyway so the boy is chosen by santa claus to receive the first gift of christmas and he chooses a sleigh bell that is on one of the reindeer's harnesses because there's this whole thing where he like doesn't believe in christmas or is losing belief in santa claus and those who don't believe in santa can't hear the sleigh bell but eventually he like convinces himself that he believes he gets Fun a... fact yes. me and dan both had that decorative sleigh bell from this movie we do it came with the copy of the book i had growing up and um, we held on to it for a long time i think mine just came maybe with the dvd i don't know we had it 
famously, we this is the first movie that my youngest brother went to go see in theaters. So I saw this film for the first time at the movies. Ooh, I don't remember when the first time I saw this movie was. I've seen it a number of times, but I don't remember going to a movie theater to watch it. Mm-mm. Well, um, lucky you. It's okay. I... <laughs> No, it was perfectly lovely. Basically, he gets this bell. He wants this bell to rem- always remember to believe in Santa Claus. When he gets back, he wakes up in the morning and gets it a cr- as a Christmas present. And his parents think it's broken because they can't hear the bell because they don't believe in Santa. Mm. And the bell always rings for him. Tom Hanks also is sort of the narrator of this story. Yeah, he's also like the adult version of this boy. Right. But that's kind of the movie. <laughs> this movie pretty much beat for beat follows the plot of the book. There's a lot of hijinks and filler in the movie that are, I guess, required to make it a movie speaking of high drinks and filler i have a bone to pick with all of the parents and all of these christmas movies okay if they don't believe santa is real who is giving these children these gifts yeah i (laughs) i think in a lot of the movies so in a christmas story ralphie gets a gun from quote-unquote santa but it's his dad right the mom like hits him because he's just like i know you got him this and he's like what are you talking about i didn't get him this but like kind of like Wink oh, a, wink so there's and a nod. just this notion of the fact of like miscommunication between marriages. That like one of the parents got this other gift. And it's like, okay, I guess we're doing more gifts now. I mean, in so many of these Christmas movies, these parents don't sleep in the same bed. So why on earth would they talk to each other, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Also, I think, I, think, I think Tom Hanks plays the, his dad also. Oh my God, Tom. I will say. Isn't Tom, he booked Tom and Hanks, busy doing other things? Like yeah. the Carly Rae Jepsen music video? Tom Hanks was bringing the heat in this movie. Yeah, like Jim Carrey was bringing the heat in The Grinch. That doesn't mean much. I guess so. <laughs> I think he was good in this movie. Yeah, he was fine. But why was he every person? What like Save money. It's a low budget movie. It's an animated movie. It is not a low budget movie. You could fool me. <laughs> anyway, I have notes if you're done with your recap. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Here are my notes. Cast other people. There are many voice actors in the business that would love to be in this. You already have the star power of Tom Hanks. Right. It's fine. He's wonderful. Look, do not think that I'm besmirching the name of Tom Hanks. I would never, I would do anything for Tom Hanks. I just think that we already knew he was very much involved in it. He could have been one. He could, look, if he was the voice of Santa Claus and the voice of the boy as an elder, as a grown-up, that would have been perfectly fine. Also, some of these characters are, are crazy. Like, there is a homeless man who lives on top of the train. That's Tom Hanks. Is Tom Hanks the conductor? I think he's also the conductor of so, the train. let's talk about this homeless vagabond on the train. Sure. Because he's kind of a ghost. I think that's whole, yeah, this whole thing. Yeah, I think he's supposed he's to be, like, the spirit of Christmas, I think. Right. He's sort of like an ethereal ghost spirit, which is why I think all of these characters are sort of the same person because they're never on the screen at the same time. And is that person Santa Claus? Yeah, I would say so. I would say he's Santa. As we'll talk about in Elf, Santa's in the business of making people have Christmas spirit. And if people like this little boy are losing the Christmas spirit, he's going to want to ramp up that Christmas spirit somehow. And how better to do that than by a magical train that picks up kids that are right about to stop believing I in Santa? Yes, I don't understand Santa. I did not grow up with Santa Claus in my system of belief. And so I struggle because I just don't quite get the lore. You, you, know? Know, you know we're doing a Christmas podcast, right? <laughs> I know. I just, I... Did you not do your research about how Santa works? Can I tell you that I had heard the story of Santa Claus as a child, right? Guys, I grew up in in Latin America, okay? And so I had heard the story of Santa Claus, right? 
but the way that you hear the story of Rudolph, right? The, it, like, I don't, I'm not familiar with all the like minutia of Rudolph off the top of my tongue. When I moved to the United States in the first grade, my mom was like, hey, heads up, let's have a little like buddy session. By the way, the Americans are really into this Santa thing. So like, just run with it. And that's like all I got, except mm-hmm. from pop culture. And sure. there's just contradicting theories of Santa in every piece of media that we've consumed. The fact that the San- that Santa Claus can take multiple forms and shapes that Polar Express implies is wild to me. Santa doesn't come in different states of matter. That doesn't make any sense. I would argue he might. He can seemingly <laughs> freeze time, you know. So we've got ice. What Santa is water, Dan? Santa as... Go. Don't think about it. Come on. All right. Is that the milk? Fuck. All right. Feed me the states of matter and I will reply with what Santa is. All right. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Plasma. Uh, maybe he uses the plasma to fuel his sled. <laughs> And then he fuels his sled with himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's an endless supply. If he's if he's a nonstop Ew. living being. Next phase of matter. Go. Water. Water. That's how he gets down the chimney. He oh, liquefies liquid, himself. Liquid. Okay. Okay. Solid. Santa. So, solid. Santa. Santa the human is solid. Okay. Gas. The air that propels his sleigh. In the same way that the plasma also propels his sleigh, he needs... Typical climate scientist, obsessed with fossil fuels. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, Santa is using a renewable energy. That's what I'm saying here. It's so renewable, it is literally his corporal form. Anyway, back to my notes on this film. I think all of the side characters are annoying. I think the kid's perfectly fine. I think the child who's grown up in poverty is adorable and sweet. We can have a conductor. We can have a ticket dude. And we can have Santa. And we can have the same story. It just feels like a movie that was made exclusively to be like a visual gimmick for children around Christmas time. The Polar Express was the book that we read on like Christmas Eve growing up. It was not the, it was the night before Christmas book. Mm -hmm. And it was like a very classic Christmas story for us it's just about believing in santa and believing in christmas honey we used to read the bible i don't know that one (laughs) um i also was found out about santa when i was four so like i kind of just liked to go with it for a while even though i was told and figured it out at age four wow santa's real don't listen children he just can't hear the bell should i play the sound back where you said (laughs) you you had questioned the The moral fiber of Santa? I don't have the questions about the moral fiber of Santa. I have questions about the physical fibers that make up Santa and how he's able to shape. I have more questions about Santa. Is he a wizard? Is he a saint? I mean, in the Catholic tradition, it's Saint Nicholas. Do you have any notes? Here's one of the things I want to talk about. This boy, the like the poor boy who is this downtrodden boy who lives in the same town as the main character, he shows up and is like kind of sad, kind of skeptical about mm-hmm. getting on the train. They do everything they can to make sure this kid gets on the train. He gets a hot chocolate, has the full experience. He has this sad story about how Christmas doesn't work out for him because he's never really gotten presents because Santa's never come to visit him. And I'm like, Santa, what are we doing? You know, like, check the naughty list, right? But, like, this kid doesn't seem like he would be on the naughty list or anything. 
Right. Also, Santa, instead of just one Christmas, just sending him stuff, is just like, no, I'm going to kidnap you in the middle of the night and you're going to come on my train. Also, that's another thing about this plot. It's not like Hagrid shows up at their house and is like, you've been chosen, Harry. It's just a train shows up outside of your house and you are invited to jump on by a screaming Tom Hanks in a conductor suit. I have a personality question for you. Okay. If the Polar Express showed up outside of our apartment, would you get on it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is where you and I differ. This is why you die in the horror movie and I survive. But I know I know that about me. I know <laughs> I die. You would get on it? I think so. If it was Tom Hanks inviting me on. If it was the Tom Hanks from this movie with the animation and everything? Well, then I would also be animated like that. So then, yes. <laughs> if it was a charismatic... Don't get on strange trains, people. Listen, if a train showed up in the middle of the road and somebody was like, listen, you got to get on... I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. You're on a train in the middle of nowhere. How did you do? Okay, sure. It's 2020. What else do I have to lose? (laughs) You know what? I've already voted. (laughs) You know what? Any other year, I would not get on that train. Sure. this year, I would get on this train. I agree. Any other year, no. Right now, in this moment, on October 13th, when we're recording this, if a train pulled up and was like, hey, going to the North Pole, I'd be, oh my God, I get to leave the house. Great. Okay, we're not going to go here. Do you want to hear some trivia? Well, no, because I didn't really get to talk about why this boy (laughs) has been neglected from Christmas. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So I think what's happening here is that this boy has been kind of just like forgotten by Santa. And I think Mm -hmm. Santa feels bad. He knows him by name when he goes there. They call him Billy. His name's Billy. Right, he gets a name. Yeah. He has a name named Billy. Yeah. He's like man, I really messed up on this one. I think that's why he gets invited to go because he's like, Christmas has never worked out. Santa's forgotten about me. And Santa's like, I did forget about you. (laughs) Shit, here's a trip to the North Pole and you also will get presents this year and like a lot of them because it seems like he gets like a really big present and like seemingly some more. I don't know, he's probably like five. A five-year-old who has never really experienced a good Christmas to then be swept away by Santa being like, hey, sorry, I messed up. Here's some presents. I mean, yeah. You know? So, like, I think that's supposed to show that Santa messed up. (laughs) He's only a wizard, guys. He's a warlock. (laughs) Sorry. He's only a warlock, guys. So, Kara, do you have any trivia for us about Uh this movie? Sure do. Great. This film came out in 2006, and it is listed in the 2006 Guinness Book of World Records as the first all-digital capture film Hmm. because all acted parts were done in a digital capture instead of just like animated through, which is what gives this very strange animation to it. If you've ever seen this film, it's so uncanny valley. It's peak unsettling. So the film used 3D motion capture techniques to digitally record the actor's physical performances before, and I quote, skinning them with their animated forms. Good. The children's roles were acted by adults using oversized props to get their movements right. Oh, so that's why the kids look extra awful. Yeah, they are like really weirdly lanky and strange. Yeah, like none of them look like who their voice actors are. Yeah. The Tom Hanks one you can tell is Tom Hanks in like a bad, horrible... Oh, that looks exactly like Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's like spot on Tom Hanks if it was really distorted. Spot on. (laughs) Spot on for this movie. (laughs) Yeah. And for the time, again, 2006 was actually a really, really long time ago as far as computer animation goes. So at the time, it was like, yes, the revolutionary Polar Express. Now in 2020... I'd be curious to see this remade in 2020. I would not. (laughs) 
if if the 2006 version didn't exist oh i see yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. if they made this now i bet it would be maybe a little less uncanny valley yeah yeah this is the third tom hanks film directed by robert zemeckis sure and the previous films were forrest gump in 1994 and cast away in 2000 i mean it's a perfect trio if you ask me <laughs> Forrest Gump, Castaway, Polar Express. So much yelling in all of them. Yeah, there is a lot of yelling, all from Tom Hanks. A very common theme, apparently, among people who have seen this film is that it's about time travel to some extent. So some viewers speculate that the conductor time traveled. His voice is heard as an older version of the main protagonist, and he could have gone back in time to help his past self. So this is all Tom Hanks. Dang, I wish I thought of that. Yeah. When the main boy pulls the train whistle, he says, I've wanted to do that my whole life. Mm -hmm. In Back to the Future Part 3, which came out in 1990, another film that Robert Zemeckis directed. I was going to say, I feel like Robert Zemeckis did that movie. Yes. Doc Brown says the same thing. I've wanted to do that my whole life. So that goes into the theme of it being very time machine-y. And then the scene where the engineer and fireman are trying to grab the pin necessary for the train throttle. Mm -hmm. In the background, you can see a working flux capacitor. And that's another reference to Back to the Future, meaning that the Polar Express is a functioning time machine. Also, when the main boy boards the Polar Express, the Mm. clock says 11.55, and the time doesn't change until the first gift of Christmas is given near the end of the film. So, who knew? Wow. Okay. So like I said, Santa has time travel properties. Yeah, He's I able mean, to time travel. I do know that. We'll talk about this when we watch the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. But I do know that a lot of the theories about how Santa gets to everyone on Christmas Eve is because of time travel. Yeah, that sounds right. Dan, what year do you think this movie was set in? Oh, God. Well, I'm guessing it's probably like loosely book adjacent. So maybe like 1982. 1955. Oh, I guess at one point they drive past a toy store that's got like, it looks like kind of like a famous old toy store. Yeah. I guess that would be kind of the giveaway. Like it kind of actually looks like the toy store in a Christmas story now that I think about it. It does, yeah. So the address spoken by the conductor early in the film, 11344 Edbrook, is the real address of Robert Zemeckis' childhood house. And Mm. that house is in the Southside Chicago neighborhood called Roseland. Oh. Yeah, so Chicago boy. You know what we haven't talked about before I get into my last bit of trivia? We haven't talked about the song about Josh. Okay, so (laughs) before I talk about Josh Groban and the song Believe, I want to talk about a couple (laughs) other numbers in this movie. There is a song called Hot Chocolate where they... Oh, God, it's so bad. Talk about like... Ooh, yeah. Ooh, we got it. Hot, hot. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh. It's terrible. It's terrible. Talk about like horrifying visages because there's like a God, group I of. I fucking hate it that. There's a group of servers who are all the exact identical carbon copy of one another mm-hmm. and they are like Gumby. <laughs> like the way their bodies move is horrible and that hot chocolate is Santa's plasma. <laughs> Oh my god, gross. (laughs) Like, it's horrifying. And then there's a song that the hero girl and the small boy sing together, talking about believing in Santa Claus. I fully forgot this was a musical until you brought it up right now. It's Because none of the songs are memorable. Yeah, it's not like a musical, per se, but there's musical numbers in it. Like, there's kind of just those two. I think maybe the elves, when they get to the North Pole, might have a musical number. The elves are so scary, too. The elves also have... And the elves are all Tom Hanks. They're not. But what if? But, like, the elves are clearly not someone's voice. Like, it's somebody's voice that they, like, kind of Alvin and the Chipmunked. This movie is pretty much exactly what the book is. And it's got 
it has Chamber of Secret energy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'm like, this is a recreation of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secret, but it doesn't make it a good movie. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Talk to us about Josh. <laughs> Okay, so there's another song in this movie that is kind of, I would call it the theme for this movie. There's a song called Believe that is sung during the credits by Josh Groban. I don't know if you know this about me, dear listeners. I have a hard time going to sleep a lot of the time. And I don't know if you know this about me, dear listeners, but when a song gets stuck in my head, it gets stuck in my head for about three months. (laughs) I was going to say, third of the year. Yeah, a quarter of the year. This is a song that's gotten stuck into my head for two quarters of the year. <laughs> and so this song by Josh Groban... It is melatonin to me. I'm just going to insert a clip here of the song. When it seems the magic slipped away We find it all again on Christmas Day Oftentimes, Kara will like be having trouble falling asleep. So I will start humming this song. <laughs> and and she, I will be out like a light. She doesn't really realize what this song... It took her maybe like three months to figure out what I was singing because it puts her to sleep that quickly. I just realized that we fully recorded this episode because Polar Express is probably not that high on the hierarchy of Christmas movies yeah. because of the fact that you sing Believe to Me. <laughs> this, yeah, this... Honest, Josh Groban is the most memorable part, memorable part of this movie movie uh, i can't wait till the pandemic's over and josh groban goes on tour and we'll have we'll just have to shell out so much money for this bit. oh no we can go to like an outdoor concert venue for josh groban for sure oh that's fair yeah, um, yeah we'll see what the future holds. also i just want to say i have started to almost sing the believe song maybe eight times while i was talking <laughs> about it that's how much this song lives rent free in my head <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> the last piece of trivia that I had mm-hmm. is that there are these like close-up shots of a train ticket floating in the air. Yes. And they are a nod to the trademark shots of a feather doing the same thing in Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. During the movie, you were like, do you think this is a, a feather Forrest Gump situation? And I said, I don't know. And, <laughs> and then and I Googled it. And you Googled it, it and you were right. And I'm like, ah, there's that film stuff, you know. Oh, God. I've uh, seen Forrest Gump, everybody. Calm down. <laughs> As we do every episode, it's time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we based our rankings and this podcast around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how many days of Christmas is this for you, Kara? This is five golden rings for me. Wow, that's what I'm giving it to. Really? Yeah. Aww. It just felt like this movie is perfectly fine, but not good, and I could go the rest of my life not watching it. And yeah. But at the same time, if there's like a child I'm babysitting and they want to watch this, like I will watch it. For sure. Like I'd give the book like a 10 out of 12. And so like I feel like cutting that in half for this movie is kind of my logic here. It's it's below average. Yes. I guess. It's it's... just not very memorable, I think, is the main issue. Yeah. I one of the other reasons I chose five golden rings is because that's the most melodic part of the 12 days of Christmas where it's like five golden rings. I picked it because the rings remind me of the wheels of the Polar Express. Wow. Wow. Well, I chose it for Josh Groban and you chose it for the wheels. So, <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We wanted to give a special shout out this week to a dear friend of mine from high school, Sammy. Sammy! Sammy, we love you. Thank you for reviewing our podcast. We're big fans. Uh, Sammy said, it's never too early for witty banter and Christmas. I can't fully express the joy that this podcast has brought me. I'm a huge Christmas person and movie buff. And Kara and Dan do a great job discussing the movies in a way that is approachable, interesting, and frankly, a true joy. I find myself audibly responding to them often throughout the episodes, and the cheerfulness of their truly exceptional pod voices is only matched by the cheer of the movies that they are discussing. 
Many a laugh out loud moment and just the right dose of nostalgia. Highly recommend. Aww. Uh, Sammy, thank you. We love you. And I just want to say to the listeners out there, when you yell at us through your podcast listening device, we hear it. We, we hear feel it. it. We hear it. But like also tweet at us. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. We're yeah. available everywhere at 12 Days Pod. If you're enjoying our podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps us out so much. And if your review is as great as Sammy's, we might read it on the air. Maybe. Don't forget to share us with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who you think would enjoy our content. We're only 42 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. Yeah. Join us next time as we take a look back at a more ensemble cast with Love Actually. Oh, boy. Wow. There's a lot going on in this movie. A lot of people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and as we say every episode, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.